and a warm welcome to Smashing Secrets Feng Shui. We're your hosts. My name is Chloe. And I'm Joe, and we're a mother and daughter duo. This show is for all of those that are interested in Feng Shui, including those with no previous experience, but would like to learn how you can improve your life and your successes even more than you're doing already. That's right. This is the show for you because we're going to be breaking down the secrets of feng shui, making the principles much more accessible. This is so you can make your good luck better and make your bad luck smaller. And we're going to discuss how to do that with all the other interesting facts and features of feng shui and everything in between. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello. Hello, my darling. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm looking forward to today's second episode. Yeah, me too. What What are we talking about today? I think today we should discuss the benefits of feng shui. Okay. And I think you've got a little list for me of um, things that you'd like me to discuss. <laughs> yeah, so I think today we should think about how the individual can benefit from feng shui. And yeah, good, good idea. And maybe how we can do micro feng shui for specific needs, because this is the thing, there's so many individual desires and intentions, it's hard to just really pinpoint like a general benefit. Actually, Chloe, that's a really good point. It's, it's, I think that's the thing a lot of people do in books is they, they try and cater for everybody en masse and do a very general kind of spectrum, whereas when you're trying to put this in practice, it's important to recognise the individual. So I think you're right. I think it's a good idea to consider individual perspectives and maybe we can start that today. Yeah, definitely. And we can we can also expand on the toolkit to access these tools, if that makes <laughs> enough sense. That sounds great. <laughs> I like the style. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So um, this is what all podcasters seem to say. Is it like further ado? But is it, how, how do you say that saying? Have Ooh. you heard of it? But fur- <laughs> is it supposed to oh, be friend? No, maybe. Without, without further ado, that's the one. Okay. So without further ado. <laughs> uh, now I recognise it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, and I'm not French. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Good to know. That means I'm not either. So <laughs> great. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the episode. I read this really cool thing online about feng shui, and it's to do with the benefits of feng shui. And it says, when someone starts to make improvements in their life, they often focus on their own personal energy, such as making physical shifts to their diet, changing their mindset, or working with more conscious practices, such as yoga or meditation. Often these changes stop with the physical body and don't translate into other areas such as their homes. And this is where feng shui comes in. And I thought that was a nice introductory. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, Though I often find the environment is a mirror or a reflection of the person and um, Mm. the state of the person, whether it be mind or body you know there's you sort of see it in the home not necessarily does that translate as um, a tidy home having a tidy mind no. <laughs> as, as we know but I think um, 
I think one of the benefits of feng shui is it's very empowering. And I think that's the biggest thing is that it can boost your luck. So it can boost your good luck by up to 33%. And in the same breath, it can decrease your bad luck potentially up to 33%. So if you apply that to your determination, willpower, self-belief, perceptions of yourself. So I think feng shui increases self-awareness, which goes back to what you were saying. So I think having increased self-awareness is essential because you're going to miss opportunities without it. So feng shui will present those opportunities to you or can help manifest them or bring them forward in a much more powerful way because you're able to increase the um, not well. It's more than that. You not only are you in, able to increase the impact, you're and, and you're ready to receive it, but it's also about you're focusing your attention. So you're you're very much aware of what you want. And if you also look at your heavens luck, your astrology, you can even look at timing and being in the right place at the right time all the time. Mm. And meeting the right people to connect you to the people that you want to connect with or the or the people that can fill the things, the spaces that because you can't do everything. So if say if you're building an empire, you need to recognize your own strengths and weaknesses and feng shui can help you attract the things that you may be weak upon in yourself. You might not be a, a good salesman. Your strengths might lie in something else. So you hire somebody that you know will um, fulfill that job. So I think feng shui can can really be beneficial in in these sort of examples. Mm. It looks at self-awareness, but it definitely looks at the environmental impact on on what you would like to achieve and you can apply that in any any way in health, relationships, career, mm. even if you've got staffed um, conflict. So you've got sort of um, maybe there's a stagnation which is manifested into something unpleasant. So you've got a high turnover of staff, people don't hang around, maybe people are getting sick. You know, there, there, there could be something in the environment that needs to be changed in order for mm. a better flow of energy. It seems like the thing that feng shui really benefits from as you're, as you're in this broad spectrum is that feng shui it increases good luck and it increases good things coming into your life by doing feng shui you're increasing yeah it's just better luck is that is that is that literally it well i think what it does is it gives people a secret power. And I think, I mean, by smashing that secret wide open, we're allowing lots of people to become empowered and to become more focused on their environment and how it's impacting on their psyche and how it's making them feel. I mean, if they're in an environment that's very loud or very noisy, then it might be very difficult for those people to relax and meditate or have a moment's peace. So, so I think feng shui does enable us to create a better balance in our lives, and it's also empowering, so that we are able to have better control over our lives and to, yeah, definitely improve our lives and improve our luck, decrease our bad luck, improve our good luck, but also um, recognize how connected we are to the environment and how connected we are to each other. Mm. So you can also use it to improve the community. You don't have to just be sort of self 
absorbed and just focusing on the self, you can think about the knock-on effect, the ripple effect it will have when you're in a good place. How will that impact on the people around you? Can you expand that good feeling, that energy into a much wider audience? Because that's really feng shui as well. It's looking at the environment as not just a room or a house, but you could you could look at the whole environment and and measure how favourable or unfavourable that is and, and look at ways of improving it. Mm. When you say life, we can break that down into different sections. And mm. so I was doing a little bit of research and I was thinking if I'm if I'm a person in the public and I've caught on to find out what feng shui is and I'm thinking, well, okay, like how does this benefit me? And you can break it down into I've got here relationships, your overall well-being, success, um, clearing bad energy, protection, aligning more with higher self. Like there's so many different sections. Mm, mm, mm. Do you want to expand on how it can break down into each of these sections? Yeah. So if we first of all recognize that the the first thing this system allows us to do is become empowered, then we more likely to take better life decisions and have a little bit more focus and attention within those decisions. But when you break it down even further into the five elements and the yin-yang aspects and the energy that we're born with and how we relate to those five elements, but there's also a, quite a basic level, which is the bagua or compass school, where certain directions are associated with certain influences. And there's there's the Bagua would suggest that in the south, for example, if you activate the southern area of your home, then this is just one layer of feng shui. It's not all of it by any shape or form. It's okay. just, just one layer. But if you activate the south area of your home, you're much more likely to have success with fame and recognition, which in, in today's modern terms would be influencing as social media. Mm. Um, shining a light onto something, so um, very good for photographers and um, people using light as in or light industry entertainment would be another one. So if you wanted, if you aspire to having more of that in your life, then you could, in theory, say, "Yeah, I'm going to activate the south part of my home." But there are things to consider, so we can go back on that. Okay. But but um, if I could run through the directions, then um, people, yeah. if there's anything that resonates, then people can perhaps look at what's going on in their own home. Each section ignites or awakens a certain aspect. Influence, yeah. Yeah, Energe- energetic influence, if you like, a flavour. <laughs> so you've got the four cardinal, cardinal directions, north, east, south and west. Mm-hmm. You've also got the sub-directions. So we've looked at south as it's recognised for fame and recognition. And you've got a yin and a yang value. And I'll go into that in a bit detail after I've run through the others. Okay. Then if you look at the southwest, that's the direction that is most associated with um, romance, marital happiness, um, the strength of a marriage, um, elevating a relationship, improving on a relationship, attracting a relationship. So that's really, really important. And then if I look at the west, the West is a direction that's often associated with children and projects, so that's quite good for 
aspiring families or if you've got families helping the discipline and self-discipline of the child particularly education and that sort of thing mm. and then got the northwest which is a very it's associated with the trigram of heaven so it's got the spiritual ancestral guidance associations you've got networkers and helpful people mentors in that area that direction Moving on to the north, that's the direction most associated with business and career. Well, not business, career, career prospects. I think academia as well. I always think academia is quite deep. Knowledge is another association. The northeast is a direction that is more associated with peace and stillness, meditation, quietness. Then if I look at the east, that's a, a wood energy, a wood direction. So that's uh, about growth. And I would associate that with also children and family, children growing within the family. But also I think travel comes quite close in there. And then southeast, I've got the wealth direction. And then we're back to south. So you've got these flavours, if you like, all to do with their own directions and backward associations some people put the health energy in the center i think there is a how do you do that well you look at the center of the home is what's in the center of the home some homes are very open and spacious that would be perfect that's the tai chi of the home that's where all the flying stars enter and leave so that would be ideal but then some homes are not privy to that and they might have a storage room or a bathroom or um is this uh, like literally right in the centre of the Centre of the home, yeah, centre of the home. Or okay. if you're living in a flat, centre of your flat, wherever you spend your space. You can also okay. look at the centre of the building if it's a block of flats and um, see what's going on there. It might be a lift shaft, might be um, a, a, a dump chute, it could be all sorts of things. So that's okay. where we look at the yin and yang. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it open, spacious, bright? Is it an area that people associate with waste? Is it an area likely to stagnate? Is it still? Yeah. Is it an area we keep our food and medicine? Because um, is it more likely to spoil? So there's things that you take into consideration. You look at what what's in the environment and, and measure is it is it good or is it is it not so good? And you do that by looking at the directions within a house. And then measuring. Yeah. So there's something called uh, the low shoe square. And the low shoe square would break up the property into sections, so nine squares. Okay. So you'd have the centre square and then you'd have for each um, direction, direction and its association. Now, you can equally, what I do is I, I can't find it actually, but I have a template which looks more like a wheel. So again, the cent you find the centre of the building, you find its facing direction. So you find out um, where the most activity is going to be. So people entering, leaving the building, that's a lot of activity. It's a lot of okay. energy, movement of energy. So you find the centre, you find uh, where the energy is coming in and out. Does that apply for windows as well? Yeah, yeah, you can open windows, but you're far li less likely to have people entering and leaving <laughs> through a window. That'd be very bad <laughs> But people use garages, don't they, and um, can enter yeah. and leave through a garage door. People use the back of the property to enter or leave. So, you, so that, so you again, it's a measurement. You can measure how busy is it, how active is it, is it? Are you, if you say you're measuring commercial property, are you looking at how many hundreds of people are coming through an hour? You know, mm. something like that. Think how busy a, 
a train station is, the amount of people entering and leaving that every 10 minutes mm. and how much, and just how yang that is, how energetic, how loud that is. That's all mm. measurements of yang energy. So you get familiar with different types of energy and then you've, you, can, you can measure what impact they'll have with, first of all, looking at the bagua, looking okay. at the energy associations and then measuring if are they positive, are they negative, are they very yang, very yin. Okay. So I've got a map in my head. So we've got the nine squares and we've got the centre of the home, which is in the middle, mm. and then where there is entry points into the property, depending on if they're, for instance, if you're having burglaries, windows, that's not very good. <laughs> but if you have a garage or if you have a door and lots more people will go through there, they're like their main like pressure points maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the next step after the centre and the entrance points? Well, com- so compass. So you measure the compass angle. So you look at what the building's facing. The next thing I would do would be look would be to draw up a birth chart of the property. So I would look at the so this is where flying stars come in, and you look at when the property was built because everything will have a ending and a beginning because we know that from energy. Every for every action, there's a reaction. For every mm. um, well, every action, there's a there's a result, there's a consequence. So. So you look at the timing of when the property was built, the direction it's facing, and then you'd find out which flying stars were trapped in the property during that time. And this is a this is another system of feng shui. So there's lots and lots of layers. Feng shui's you've got lots of layers, but I think for what we're doing, we should focus more on the first level and and looking at things like the compass directions and the associations with those directions, and then. Perhaps maybe later on we can add that other layer of flying stars. The first thing is to get used to a compass. Get, again, measure. Don't just take one measurement. Take several measurements. Um, take one at the front of the property with the build with the buildings behind you, and you align the compass um, template with magnetic north, and then you should have another little arrow which gives you the actual direction that the house is facing. Or, I mean, if you've got a smartphone, they're on smartphones. But if, if you've got a compass, I always like a compass. And then I usually take one six feet away from the property. Six feet away from the property? Yeah, because you you could have things interfering with the magnetic force. You've got things like underground streams. So sometimes I even take divining rods and measure if there's any actual underground um, interference. And so, uh, some jobs I've had extreme interference. Um, you can have interference from um, cars. So if you're on a busy street and you're taking a measurement and you park next to a parked car, that could influence the needle. Mm. Um, the telegraph poles and pylons, anything that um, can make the needle swing. I always take several readings and I double check, triple check. If there's any if if there's any underground streams, then I try and avoid that area. I'm just I just want the facing direction of the building, so I can I can move across any length of that facing direction and avoid things that could potentially be giving me a false reading. Mm. And so I'd, I'd like to take at least three measurements, and then I look if they're all very similar, brilliant. But if they're all wildly inaccurate, then I just have to repeat the process, but maybe looking at a different side of the building so then I can work it out. That makes sense. Yeah, three is normally enough. Mm. 
We've looked at the centre, we've looked at the main points, and we've looked at the direction of the house. So what's what's the next steps of finding out how all this information can be collected to benefit the individual? Get a floor plan. So okay. you get a floor plan of your property. Um, you can probably find stuff online. Estate agents might have done you the, the favour and you can just find something online or you have to measure it yourself and to be honest the state agent plans are great for a general idea but often they're not to scale so if you do it yourself you know that you've got something to scale so measure the space measure each room draw in on the floor plan the actual dimensions of each room and then when you've got your compass direction you can mark on your plan the different directions so the cardinal ones and then you can put in uh, so the cardinal ones are all 90 degrees apart, but then at 45 degrees, you've got the sub-directions. So you put them in. So you, so you find the centre of your building, mark an X, so mark diagonally each corner mm-hmm. till you find the centre. Okay. Then you get – I use a wheel template. So I, I actually don't use square um, – low shoe i actually use sort of little if you like lemon wedges like a pie chart okay i find that helpful for me but lots of people use the squares and lots of people use the wheel it is personal choice energy's yeah the energy's not in a it's not in an invisible wall you're going to have a transitional flow do you see so whether you use the cube form or the wedge form is is personal preference it's not going to make a massive difference in the application and this is just using your floor plan and then drawing the square. Yes, you're going to put a template on top of it. So you can identify okay. the sectors, you can identify the areas. And if you're in a block of flats, you microscale it into your floor plan. So it's where you spend your space, because what we're looking at is your environment. We're looking at, now ideally, we'd have your birth chart as well. So we'd have the yin and yang of the five elements and what they represent to you personally. But say mm-hmm. we don't have that level of information at this point. Okay. Say we're just doing smashing the first secret first point is compass and floor plan that's really important so you draw the floor plan as accurate as you can put in where the doors and windows are because as we mentioned these are energy thresholds so these are Mm -hmm. things that can be useful or maybe not depending on what we find and then we put in the the different bagua associations so north would be korea then south would be fame, east would be maybe children or health or travel. Then west, you've got projects and um, actually children come under the west as well with the family. Mm-hmm. So it depends what school you use. Black Hat use things in a slightly different way, but I like the west as very good for networking, communication, starting projects. It's a metal direction, so very good for connectivity, whereas the east is a wood direction, which is more about growth and um, colour, diversity, expansion, all sorts of things. So mm. mark on the plan which are the different sectors, and then okay. you can add the associations. So, for example, for south, the, the elemental energy for that direction is fire, and then for southwest, it's earth, and then for the west, it's metal, for the northwest, metal, for the north, water, for the northeast, earth. For the east, wood. 
and for the southeast wood. So there you've now got lots, you're starting to build a profile, an, an energetic profile. You're going to find out all the time, every layer you're doing, make a little note of, is it, what's, what can you see? Is it a bright area? Is it a dark area? Is it a cold area? Is it a warm area? How do you feel? Do you feel positive and uplifted in this room or does it make you feel a bit crap and you can't wait to leave? Is it, what's the purpose of the room? Is it a bedroom? Is it a kitchen? Is it a bathroom? Is it a storage room? Is it a garage? Write all these little things down because you're going to look at ways of changing them to your advantage. So depending on what your intention is, is your intention to be more famous or is it to boost the relationships you want, or you attract a, a partner, a life, a life soul partner? Or is it to start a family? Is it to grow the family or start a career or change, have a di- change of direction in career? All of these could be mirrored in the, or reflected within the environment. So if, if you've got something positive, then you can maybe look at ways of making it even more positive um, depending on, on what your intention is. Let's just get everything in my head properly. Let me get my head around this. So... I'm a person of the public and I want to benefit from feng shui because I want to increase my, let's think of it as I've got children and I want them to have a really good school. Okay. Is that the West or is that the East that I'm going to try to switch on in my house? Well, let's, let's look at the whole first of all. Okay. So look at the, the, the environment as a whole. Get your floor plan. Mark on your okay. sectors. Identify okay. which sector is what going. Where where are things? Where's the bathroom? Where's the kitchen? Which sector are are they in? What does that mean? Well, kitchens are very dynamic. They've got you've got the fire heat source with the oven and um, grill. You've got water source with the sink, <laughs> and um, you've got some people have got washing machines and you've got freezers and fridges. So they all have energy, energy associations, but they all tend to be quite active. It's a yang active room. Hmm. So is that going to be stimulating? Is it going to be overwhelming? What size is the room? So is it, is it very sort of concentrated area? Does it affect the whole sector? Does it go into more than one sector? So first identify what's going on in your, in your home. And if it was for children, then I would, would look at the West. I would also look at the East, depending on what my needs are. So if it was, if I want my children to be more creative or if I'm worried about their health. So I'd look perhaps look at the East and is that a, a healthy environment for them? Is it, if I've got plants in there, are the plants healthy? Is, what indications have I got? Oh, is it a really? sunny room? Have I got pets that like to sleep in that room or sit in that room? Are the kids reading books, playing games, or are they fighting on the floor? Is it really loud? Is it is it a lounge with it? Where is it a TV? Is it a toilet? Is it being um, used just sparingly and then flushed? Anything in there is flushed away. Mm. So you need to identify what's in there. There are things you can do. You can microscale certain rooms, like bedrooms, and look at the bagger associations in that environment for that person. So if it's a child having maybe um, sleeping problems, you can look at what impact the the decor of the room is having. Is it? And then you see, then we'd, I'd look at flying stars as well. But is for, this are all these rooms dependent if it falls in the direction of the children? No, for children particularly, I would be looking at the east and west um, 
line. Okay. So I'd and look at you'd both. Broaden, you'd broaden that afterwards. Yeah, and also you need to take into account the age of the children. You know, there's no point trying to discipline a baby and, um, you know, it might, that you'll have more sort of success maybe with a rebellious teenager. You can get them to calm down a little bit. Um, also, you, if I had a, somebody with hormone imbalance and having, say, a teenager with lots of skin problems, then I could look at maybe the west of their room and get that sorted out because that can be very useful for setting things down with the skin. That's interesting. So to me, that sounds like very like micro, yeah. like micro functional. Like it feels like yeah. very specific. Yeah. You can micro scale it into a room if you, you can be, a spe- absolutely, yeah, specific. You can be. You can do a general one for the whole whole home or you can take it as far as you want to go. I mean, I know people that have taken it to extreme where they've oh. actually where they've measured the space from the floor to their bed base or their mattress base, and the, the I, when I first started back in the early late eighties, early nineties, you could even buy feng shui rulers that would How's measure. That work? Well, you, basically, they're taking things to a, a real extreme. I mean, I it's same with microbiotic food. You know, you're measuring the yin and yang value of a quarter of a carrot slice i mean for some people that's really important personally i'm i would rather see a, a bigger picture <laughs> Eat a couple more carrots at dinner. <laughs> well no i mean there's help some people really swear by it and i and i have seen r- amazing things but it's that's down to the individual and and that's where we get the barzi that's why i'd look at the barzi for me that kind of micro detailing is not so healthy. And I remember once um, one of my teachers, and I wrote it down in one of my books, said um, the constant striving for, for perfection leads to destruction. So, yeah. so I tend to be a little bit more relaxed and um, and look at the whole. So, so if if you wanted to microscale it and really get specific, you can. That definitely some people really need to. Mm. But I look at more of looking at a flow of energy, a balance of energy. Then I always ask clients, what do you specifically would like to change? What would you like to have more of? What would you like to have less of? Um, I Then I'd look at the barzi of that person, see if there's anything really pal outstanding, or if, it's, um, a, if it is necessary to sort of untangle things a little bit and relax things a little bit, get stop stop congestion, stop stagnation, get energy mm-hmm. to flow. Look at the um, natural light in a property. Look at the if you open the windows, what sort of flow do you get? Do you get a load of noise and traffic coming through, or or do you get birdsong? So mm-hmm. there's lots of things to consider. But yeah, I think first of all, identify on the floor plan what's going on in each sector and then start to look at ways of improving it, depending on on what's there and, and what you want. It's so broad, isn't it, the benefits of feng shui? It could, it could literally be we could spend a We could spend a few days discussing all the benefits because it's, it's down to the individual, you know. I mean, yeah. look how complex people are. Oh, yeah. It's really resonated with me that even if you wanted to improve your, like, your skincare, yeah, you could really microscale it to that yeah. extent. That's quite astounding. Remember that that um, Kahuna saying or or that Hopano saying, energy will flow where your attention goes, where your focus goes. So whatever you're focusing on now, it could very well be that 
that there's something so important that when you activate it in your environment, not only are you thinking about it when just as you go to sleep or the moment you're waking up, every time you see that part of your home, it acts as a reminder. So, I, for example, I know somebody who really wanted to travel. They didn't really have a lot of money and they didn't really have a lot of freedom, but they just wanted, they just, it was in their bones. They wanted to travel. They wanted to see the world as quickly as they could. So, one of the things they did was get a globe. They put the globe in the east direction of their bedroom, I think it was. This is and interesting because I've got a map in my house and I'm wondering now, where <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, this with this globe. It was, um, I think it was one of the ones you get in places like WH Smith. It was um, nothing fancy, but it did swivel round and it did have a light switch on it. In fact, I'm not sure even if her one had a light switch. I think it just swiveled round. But you can buy these quite reasonably. So she put it in the east direction. Every single day, she spun that globe three times while thinking about her intention. And her intention was to travel. She wanted to see the world. And every day she did it. And before long, she managed to get a job being a nanny. And that nanny took her all over the world. So it, it, it's, you know, it, it, once she you put manifested the int- that with the help of feng shui. Yeah. You have your intention. You find, use feng shui to magnify that intention, focus that energy. Look at the environment. Is it, is it supportive? Is it unsupportive? If it's unsupportive, why is it unsupportive? What can I do to turn that around? Is it because um, if it's a bathroom, then okay, let's look at the east of the lounge or let's look at the east of the bedroom. Let's find out if there's a a better place within the home that I can put the globe or if it's um, the skin complaint. Can I sit in, in the west? How long do I spend in the west? Well, ideally three hours a day or more. How can I do that? Well, read a book, eat a meal, put your bed there. You know, when you're sleeping, you're going to nail three hours every night. So mm. you you just just see what's in each space and then look at the space. Is it? Can you improve it? Can you make it better? Now, you know that the wood element is associated with these. So you can have wooden furniture. Or if you've got metal furniture, then move that over to the west, which is a metal direction, or maybe the southwest or the northeast, which are earth directions. They've got better harmony. But we know that metal cuts through woods. So that could be stirring things up in a not such a favourable way. So you can, you can take it, you can really dissect what's going on in your environment by mm. looking at yin and yang in the five elements. And then once you put things in harmony, then suddenly you've got a better flow, higher quality of chi. You've things start to not be so tightly stressed or mm. or te- tense. You've got people who are sort of more relaxed. You're more relaxed, and it has a ripple effect. So I always look at balance and flow. That's what I'm looking for. But I also look at what's the intention of the client. What does the person? want to achieve or if it's um if they've called me in because they're having problems what's in the environment that could be behind those problems Mm. so i'm looking at basically measuring the environment but also doing it with with the client and looking at the energy that the client brings with them to the environment i see so it seems like for it to be beneficial the fundamental idea is that you want your house to be nice and balanced you don't want to have any negative energy going on and then depending on what you what your needs and desires are that's when you can go into further analysis of your house your home 
and then you can target specific goals by using feng shui but it's it, I, I suppose it's it's pretty like it's pretty simple isn't it like you having a balanced home it makes you feel good doesn't it so yeah that that is what everybody strives for but then if there's specific things you want then you can take a deeper look into feng shui yeah Absolutely. And let's be, let's also remember there's impossible to have a hundred percent good feng shui. So every home is going to have a measure of positive and a measure of negative. So it's, it's identifying those areas. So for example, if it's a bathroom, then keep the door. That's why the thing about keeping the door to the bathroom closed or the lid down on the toilet is a bit of a joke, but it does have practical application because these are rooms that notoriously are going to attract well, they're, they're used for waste. So you, you don't want that waste association visible from for your guests, for example. You know, just close the door outside, out of mind. But there's, yeah. you know, there's every place will have a positive and a negative. So you just identify where those areas are and they just take little steps to make the good areas better and, and just keep the, the unfavorable areas, well, depending on where they are. But, um, you know, improve them where you can, make them beautiful if you can. I think that's a good summary. I've got one example, because all I'm thinking about, ever since you said, like, washing machine, it's made me think, right, my washing machine is in the bathroom, it's next to the toilet, and when it starts going, it is just crashing around everywhere. (laughs) Now, for me, do I need to look at what direction this face is? Yeah. So. so get so perhaps next time we speak you can you will have a floor plan and we can mm-hmm. use you as an example yeah. and um because what we don't want are water disasters so every time we have those <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so we, we can find out those. perhaps why 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 is water not flowing where it should be flowing why is it doing mm. things it shouldn't be doing and it could be that the plumbing of of the bathroom or the kitchen is aggravating a difficult star or is is not in the right place but I, I think if you can do a floor plan we can certainly investigate it and mm. um see what we can do to improve things i'm very lucky that my mother is a feng shui expert <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um but that's not to say that mom isn't available for your lovely services yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we're here is because mum really knows her stuff if you can't tell already. I do like to talk mind. Warning. Yeah, well, <laughs> you do a pretty good job at it. <laughs> Let's just have a quick summary of what we spoke about today. So we're talking about the benefits of feng shui and there is just an endless list of desires that people want in their life because people are very different to each other. So it's very hard to pinpoint one exact thing. But if you do have one exact thing, you can look at the environment that you live in. You can find a floor plan of the house. If you don't have access to that, you can draw your own by measuring the rooms. And then you can put almost like a tracing paper or if you're savvy on digital you can put a layer on top of your floor plan and that will show you the directions of your house and then from there we can you can work on how you can achieve that specific goal that you are desiring into your life we can do that by reading books but again you can like speak to someone like mum who obviously knows her stuff yeah but you can do it yourself 
If you're only looking at one room, if for somebody that's living in a one-bedroom flat or a, a studio flat, or they've only got one room that they have control of, you can microscale it. So you you basically find the compass direction of the entrance to the bedroom or the entrance to the apartment and put correspond that compass direction. So say it's facing south, then you put the south sector on that direction. Same as if it's, if it's, if the direction is north, then you put the north sector. I know black hats don't do this, but compass school do, and that's well, the school I practice. So you, whatever the compass direction is, you line up, align with the Bagua Association. So the you put on your either lemon wedges or your squares, and that will give you the identity of the energy influence. You look at whether it's positive or negative. And then if it's positive, make it more positive if you can. Spend time in it, absorb that mm-hmm. energy, eat, sleep, read, meditate in that area, spend time in that area, absorb that energy. If it's negative, do what you can to improve it. Make it tidier, make it cleaner, make it as, be- as best as you can. But don't spend time in it. <laughs> yeah. Avoid it. <laughs> Just you quickly can do- clean it up <laughs> and then just leave it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. I'm just I'm just looking around now and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm very, very curious about what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, because just see your environment as a reflection of yourself. And if you're looking for self-improvement, if you're looking to build new skills. Look at how your environment is. It is it going to support you in that? Is it gonna? Is it going to make it easy for you to concentrate, to settle down, to focus? Or are you? Is it full of noise and distraction? Is have you got kids running around screaming? Or have you got TV blaring? I mean, how how are you able to gather your thoughts? So, do you? Is there a better spot in the property where you can actually even have make a corner of it? your own sacred space i mean maybe you need to do that look at the northeast see mm. if there's a, somewhere where you can get a bit of peace and quiet once you start using this applying this sort of method you'll be amazed at how quickly things suddenly you start to manifest things or things start to focus i know people have done wealth act just activated the wealth and then they've got completely out of the blue they've got promoted or they've got a pay rise or they've, and um, one of my teachers told me about this woman who used to always, just for fun, um, look at certain days where her money star would come in, and then you'd be surprised they come in quite regularly. And then she would uh, walk in the direction of that money star. So say it was in the south, so she'd go for a 20-minute walk in the south, buy a lottery ticket, and boom, she'd win the, <laughs> a, a massive sum of money. But, I mean, I've tried funny. that for myself, but my money star's not that strong. <laughs> Hence, we're doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but yeah, you can really, really bring things forward. It it is it is a tool, and it, and you don't need to be highly skilled. You don't even need to hire somebody who's trained in it all the time. That it is available online. It is available in books, and even just if you listen to today's sort of podcast. You could make a difference, a huge difference, just by doing mm. the things that you summarised. You mm. could actually make a big difference. Definitely. 
Well, to all those listeners that are itching to do their own floor plans, we would definitely be interested to see your results. Yeah. Anybody wants to send it in, queries or questions, I'm happy to have a look. Yeah, I'm interested. I think I'm going to go do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else to do in this bloody lockdown. (laughs) All right, Mum. Well, thank you very much for today. Brilliant as always. Oh, my pleasure, darling. And you look gorgeous as always. Oh, yeah, thank you. I'm just wearing my lovely sweater that you got me. (laughs) I've got another one. Shall I show it to you? We finished now. Uh, Yeah, I'll just just say bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) A big thank you for tuning in to our second episode today. It means a lot to us that you're listening. It really does. Thank you. That was very polite of you. <laughs> I meant every word. You did. That was it. Was a very oh, small and I, selection I think we should words. add. Sorry, Chloe. I think we should also add about um, if anybody's got any questions or if perhaps they would like us to. <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually about to get to that, but you're sorry. doing a great job, so you That's can carry why you're on. The expert. Crack on. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> I don't know who would love to hear from you more, me or mom at this stage. <laughs> you can email us any questions, any comments, uh, anything. Anything we'd love to hear from you. Our email is smashing... S- smash... I can't... Find- smashing... Smashing... <laughs> Thank secrets. you. Okay, I was getting there. Smashing <laughs> secrets at outlook.com and we will be there. Otherwise, you can find us on our social media on Instagram and that is at smashing secrets. Yeah, I did that one. I did that one. I've got my yeah. thumb up. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thumb is up. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone, and see you next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.